The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live Conversations. Feature sit-down chats with some of today's most recognizable talents in entertainment. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live Conversations. Hey everybody, you're watching Black Hollywood Live Conversations. I'm your host, Daryl Kristen. Here joining me is DJ Jesse J. What's up? And a very special <laughs> guest today. Gotta sing, you know. It's just you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're, just feeling, we're feeling it today. We got Mary J playing in the background, but we're extra feeling it because of our special guest today. I mean, she is a spiritual life coach that everyone is looking at. She is someone who is a mother. She is a NAACP award winner. She is a best-selling author. She's a grandmother. She is an inspiration to us Queen. all. Yala Van Zandt is with us today. How you doing? I'm good. I have a Mary J. Blige And she's a Mary J. Blige fan. <laughs> and it's all about being happy. And oh, Mary was yeah. so appropriate with yeah, that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? Good. Thank, Thank you for you coming for in. Especially you Thank you for here. Thank you for having me. I'm so um, proud to be here. Really. Um, as a grassroots person, I've worked grassroots. I build everything grassroots from my soup to my kids to my business. I hear that. <laughs> so to be sitting here in the studio with you knowing this was a grassroots effort by committed people, Black Hollywood Live. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. I well, feel like you. we have arrived. I know. <laughs> you in the studio. I'm like, like, I'm just sitting here. They said, you coming in? I was like, oh my God, what? I know. I know. Even when we were doing a question, I was like, oh, oh my well, God. what are we going to ask? We're going to have 30 minutes. I mean, I have we're like questions. real now. <laughs> we're official. Well, thank you for all for coming in and all your success. I mean, Fix My Life is has fixed my life, I yes. believe. Uh, I have so many episodes that have been recorded on my DVR yeah. that I'm still watching and catching up. And I think I go back and rewatch them when I'm trying to check myself. Yeah. So you learn something new. Learn Literally, something new. You can watch it over and over and pick up little things, just little sayings that just... What are affirmations that just kind of build you up every single time you watch well, it? Good. I that means it. you're really listening. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I gotta listen. I got. I, I got a lot to work on, so I'm trying. We all know? do. Me too. <laughs> just like me. Just like me. I know people think I'm not working on anything, but I am. Yeah. No, but always, always working on, always improving, going deeper. You know, we're like an onion. Yeah. So you peel a layer, peel a layer, peel a layer, and the closer you get to the center of the onion, the greater is the odor. Oh. <laughs> That means the strongest stuff. The strongest isn't stuff it? is in there, just brewing, waiting right. for you. And <laughs> you dig down in there, like, oh God, please no, you know. But when you when you're done, you're dead. So yeah. I really would rather do the work than die. I know that's right. Okay. Well, I know emotional healing is a strong base, obviously, for your show and just helping people. What do you find is a big block that? tampers people from really getting to that next level in their emotional healing. That we have a very limited emotional vocabulary and a very limited emotional library. So we know happy, sad, angry. We may know disappointment. We may know um, sorrow. But the breadth of emotions, frustration, anxiety, overwhelm, uh, um, you know, uh, exuberance, uh, you know, grief, sorrow. We, we, we really don't take the time to fill our emotional library and then create an emotional, uh, language. 
So we'll say, you, I'm mad at you. But when it really is, I'm so disappointed mm -hmm. that you're not who I thought you were. You know, or, you know, you disrespected me when, wow, I, I, I really trust you. And, and it feels like you're not hearing my voice. Yeah. It feels like you're not understanding what I'm saying. So our very limited emotional library and our limited emotional vocabulary causes breakdowns between us that we could solve if we would just dig a little deeper. But where does that stem from? As Childhood. But as far as a community, though, if 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 there are people, you're always talking about uh, the elders need to reach out into the community. Where did that disconnect kind of come? Was it? Would you say it was technology or social media and things like that? That kind just of just kind of average life got more complicated, but people didn't. Mm. People's lifestyles became more complicated, but people are very simple. They want to know that they're loved. Yeah. They want to know that they're needed. They want to know that they are welcome in the space and they want to know that they have something to contribute. I don't care who you are. From the homeless man on the corner to the man in the White House, those four things, we're not complicated. Our needs and lifestyles have become complicated, but our upbringing hasn't. Hmm. Your mother never said to you, wow, I think you're suffering from some level of anxiety and perhaps... I need to support you in sorting through your disappointment. Mm -hmm. She said, sit down, stop that. Yep. Don't be mad. Don't be nasty. Don't be mean. Don't <laughs> yeah. be, you, yeah. you know. So it stems from childhood and how our lives have become so complicated when our souls have not. Mm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the show is over. You're probably <laughs> giving me the profound now statement. Now I gotta go home day. and think about Matt this for like 45 hours. Several hours, I believe. What did she mean by that? <laughs> yeah, our souls haven't become, but we're living at this high. For example, people need to know that they're loved. People need to know that they're needed. People need to know that they're welcome. Mm -hmm. But every place you call, you get a machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. We don't get voices anymore. Yeah. You know, and places you go in. Or just pictures. They, yeah. So, that does something to us. We don't touch anymore. We don't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. Our souls need that. But our complicated lifestyle has kind of eliminated that. A lot of people that you've uh, worked with, um, and me, myself included in this, uh, tend to, in life, we tend to hold on to playing the victim card. <laughs> and... From your experience, how is it that because you 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 grow up to think like okay, well if you, you know, run up and touch a dog and the dog bites you, moving forward you would know maybe not to just run up and touch a dog. So there you are, you're living from an, an experience. experience yeah. How do you hold that 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 victim card where you understand what you've been through but you don't allow it to affect your your future? I, I, I want to be a little gentler than some people are, um, lifelong victims. They're professional victims. They have a victim resume and they have a victim card and they play the victim <laughs> game. But most of us aren't victims. We're committed to our stories. Mm -hmm. yes. Something happens. We have an experience and we make up a story about it to fit our level of understanding. I had three children, and each of my children had a very different experience of who I was. Now they all ate at the same table. They had the same grits, the same pancakes. They bathed in the same bathtub, and they're, I'm like, well, who are you? <laughs> 
but they all have different stories about me. So what happens is something happens, we have an experience, and then we make up a story about why it happened and who was involved and what they did, what they should have did, and then we become committed to our story. Because the ego wants to be right. You mm. you will continue to honor and hold on to what you make up. And every time you tell that story, you re-impress it upon yourself. And then you get more, you get angry again, or you get hurt again, or you get wounded again, or whatever. And you keep telling it, and it's impressed upon their soul until you can't even hear anything else and the other person had a totally different experience (laughs) they have no idea about you and your story so i always say we when we're stuck on story or stuck on stupid either one (laughs) um we have to be willing to open our heart and our mind to hear and for me that's what forgiveness does so that you can learn the part you need to learn but you hear so many stories and and how do you separate your own emotion after you hear these stories? I mean, because I know when I hear people tell me things that are going on with them that maybe are are, are sad or depressing, I kind of take on that emotionally. How do you separate yourself from taking that on? You know, the only thing that will get me emotionally is children. Hmm. You know, I, I, when you tell me things about children, I'm either going to beat you up or I'm going to cry. <laughs> I just, that part I can't take. But in terms of adults... I see everybody as fully capable of resolving their own issues. I don't see people as broken, raped, beaten, abandoned, betrayed. I don't see people like that. I see them as, okay, this is the experience that your soul called forward to help you learn what you need to learn. Now, because I believe in a wise and loving God, I know God's not going to put you through anything that you ain't equipped to handle. Now, my job is to listen to your story, see what you missed, what was missing there. Let me give you that skill. Let me give you that tool. Let me give you that information so you can resolve your own issue. That's what I do on Fix My Life. I don't see people from their brokenness. I see them from their greatness. And then uh, I'm sure there's lots of people who have, there's obviously different levels on, you know, what emotional standpoint they're at. How how is the follow-up with that? How do you deal with the follow-up after the show? Because I'm sure some people are more scarred than others, you know? Well, see, again, I don't see people as scarred. (laughs) You know, here's what I learned when I first started doing this work some 35 years ago. I'm going to give you the information. What you do with it is your business. You use it fine. You don't fine. You take it to the next level fine. You don't fine. I'm not... I'm not invested in it in that way. In fact, I'm not even invested in you. Hmm. I'm invested in God. So I'm going to follow my instructions from that level, do what I have to do with you in the most loving way that I can, and what you do with it is your business. I can't be committed to you getting this right. Right. Yeah. And no one's perfect. No. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not. So I don't get in it at that level. I know that it's just training at this point. Mm. Uh, I was watching some of the clips um, from you going to Ferguson. And within that, you you sat and you asked a couple really big questions that were just simple questions. But when you sit back in that situation and look at it, how did we get here? Yeah. a lot of pe- a, a, a lot of the responses, uh, well, from, mo- mostly from the young, the younger men, they were they were mad. They felt like they were misinterpreted. They that that they were not understood or heard. Um, and you, you kind of were trying to open up their minds as far as okay, I understand that, and I do believe that that is 
what's going on, but there's another there's another side that that we're trying to fight. Um, what is that that is holding uh, holding the, the millennials back right now? Would you say, as far as you know, we we live in this world where we think where we where we see that the millennials, you know, they see no color. They say they see no color, but then we're in this day and age where it becomes Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and people are fighting. It, it's almost like media almost creates a bigger confusion in our everyday lives mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up like that. I, I grew up with everybody. I didn't look at color like that. I understand. I understand color. I understand culture. Um, but as far as the millennials, what would you say is our biggest problem that we are trying to fight against? You're building the older on. Generation? You're building on a rocky foundation. I didn't. I didn't even know what millennials were till last <laughs> week when somebody said that. I said, "Who were they?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if they were neighbors down the block or what. <laughs> you know, I really because I don't get caught up in titles. But you're building on a weak foundation. Here's what I want to say to you. I know the millennials are trying to see oneness, but we've never healed the racism. Mm -hmm. And there are cellular memories in all of us. That's why your nose is like that, because your cells remember your great-grandmother's nose. That's why your hair is like that, because your cells remember your great-grandfather's hair. Mm -hmm. Your cells remember the fact that I come from a line of people considered less than, considered slaves, considered animals considered three-fifths of a human. That has never been healed. We've glossed over it. We've talked around it. We've talked about it. So the millennials are trying to say we can be one now, but until that cellular memory is healed throughout society, Mm -hmm. it's probably far enough away from you that you really don't um, feel it the way I do. I'm your elder, and I'm saying in this country, I'm still not respected as a black woman. So when people say black lives matter, oh, no, why Why does it have to be black lives? It can't be black lives. Black lives do matter. And my saying that doesn't take away from the fact that Jewish lives matter or Italian lives matter, but not again will you discolor me and dishonor me. Mm-hmm. Black lives matter, and they do matter. And until we have the conversation about why they matter, the millennials are going to be in conversation. You're building on a shaky foundation. You're building on a foundation that says that it's okay to decolorize people, Strip them of their culture, strip them of their language, if they're brown. But we're still marching for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> where, does, where does that understand? anger come from? Because like, you see it on Twitter, and you see like when someone posts that, and then they post, no, all lives matter. Where does that inner anger come from? It comes from, from the denial of the truth. So the minute we say all lives matter, the cellular memory of guilt mm-hmm. rises up in people. And they say, well, no, no, no. Why is, yes, black lives do matter because more African American males are in prison than came over here on the slave ship. Absolutely. Black lives do matter because more African American men are being shot and killed in the street than any other population. See, me, I ride the fence because I'm black, Native American, and Latin. So I'm all, I'm a mutt. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at all colors. Black lives do matter and so do red lives and so do yellow lives. But I'm not the one that's going to stand up and say, Jewish lives matter. No, for me, Black Lives Matter. And that doesn't take anything away from you. So I think the confusion, because I have said myself, okay, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Who are they? Where are they? What, what, I don't know what's going on. 
Then the other thing I think that that's confusing for the millennials is that the elders, my generation, those of us who got college educators and bought college education and bought homes and stuff, we didn't teach y'all. See, I learned grassroots organizing. I learned it from the Panthers and I learned it from the churches and I learned it in, on the college campus. Where are y'all learning grassroots organizing? On t- Google. Yeah. Yeah. Google <laughs> and YouTube. Social media. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. And there's some principles and skills and practices that have to go in there that you don't really have. So you have this big heart and you want to come together, but you're building on the Rocky Foundation. And forgive me. Forgive me and my generation for not giving you what you need, for not being the demonstration to you of of what you needed to be. And it's not too late, but we're so preoccupied with every other thing in the world. Mm. And then we come at you preaching as opposed to answering your invitation or inviting you in. We, we got to invite you in and you have to invite us in, but we can't come in telling you what you can and can't right. do and how you can do it. You know, all I can say is, what if have you thought about, here's another possibility, baby, mm-hmm. because when the elder is sitting in their role and doing what they have to do and they present it, you want to hear it and you want to investigate it. But right now there's anger between us, yeah. the millennials and and the and the elders and I'm when I say elder I'm saying anybody sixty and up, if you if you conduct yourself properly, but we got another problem because you got elders who are still addicted to crack, who are still drinking too much, who have never stepped into the fullness of who they are because of the breakdowns that happen in the society along the way. So if we're not seated, we can't help you get seated. It's funny you said uh, forgive me, and you had said that. At Ferguson with with those boys, um, with those men, uh, what was that like being in that room saying that to them? And then from watching it, you see all of their eyebrows like they had never heard that. I'm still working with them, and as a matter of fact, there my son is on his way there now to put them on the bus to bring them up for the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, mm-hmm. or justice, or what. Um, you know what? For me. I wish I could say it to every young person because until I can, we, they can hear that. And until we can begin to bridge that gap, this is going to go south quickly. It is not going to turn out well for us. <laughs> we have to bridge that gap. You know, it's, I, I keep, that's me, everybody making those noises. That's not that. But until we can bridge those gaps, you know, my grandmother was a total pain in my patootie, <laughs> meaner than a wet cat half black, half Native American. I didn't know her story. I didn't know what she suffered. But you know what? I can bake a roll today, bake a pie, a pie crust, fried chicken today. I can mop a floor. I know how to clean a toilet. I can iron a shirt and make it stand up on its own. Hmm. I fold my sheets and iron my pillowcases because my grandmother was a royal pain in my butt. (laughs) You know? What can you say? How many young people today can't talk about that kind of connection between themselves and Hmm. some elder? We, well, you gotta have it. That's called generational. That's how we do the healing. That's how we do the cleaning, uh, clearing. I think if a lot of young people understood, see, I lived in the fifties. I was spit on. I was bused to a school. 
I know what it's like to be called the N-word and the B-word. I know what it's like to be sitting in the classroom wanting to learn. And because you're black in a white uh, school where you've been busted, the teacher act like you're not even there. I've asked, been to school where they tell you put the homework down on the desk. They won't even take it from your hand. But you don't know what that's like. Yeah. So I have a totally different experience. And still I can say today we are all one and we need to come together. But I have a level of culture and history that you don't. And that's what's happening to the millennials. They're discounting that level of culture and history because they either they don't know it, they don't care about it, or nobody's told them about it. Or do you, but on an emotional healing level, because now we have, of course, Ferguson, we have, obviously, we hear every day on the news of another black man being shot. Now we have, you can't even go to a movie theater anymore without the worry of being shot by some random person. I, is there, do you think that we can change this? Do you think that this is Absolutely. something that the millennials and just the, as you mentioned, the gap between old school versus the millennials can kind of come together and form a foundation where this stuff can stop because it's just getting out of hand at this point. Well, first of all, you're not going to stop it with slogans like no justice, no peace, because you've been saying that for 40 years and you don't have either one. <laughs> right. You don't have no justice and you don't have no peace. So what it is, I think the millennials are going to have to do is step into the next level of power, their spiritual power. I think that millennials who are, you know, more of them are vegetarians and more of them are vegans and more of them are environmentalists. But do they meditate? Mm. Do they pray? 6 a.m. every morning. Do they come together? Do they really understand the power of our fauché, the ability to create through utterance? Mm -hmm. Do they understand that? So I think that you're going to have to get it at another level because the grassroots down here on the ground level, there are too many, too many disparate pieces. But when you really start coming together and, and, and putting that level of consciousness out there, things are going to change because what I know as a metaphysician is that things have come up to be seen and to be healed. You know, and don't let people define you. It it may not be done the way we did it in organization. It may be done in individual. It may be done in groups in the park. You understand, with no leadership. That's how because that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. If you're waiting for a leader and you're waiting for somebody to tell you what to do, I, I don't think that's coming. But see. everybody individually. You know, we need to take our young woman off the poles, put them back in skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate skirts. Appropriate, Appropriate level skirts, right. skirts. And we need to stop glorifying oh, the lower levels of our nature uh, and visualizing it. See, I grew up on the spinners and the temptations and Jackie uh, Wilson and these people and so when they were singing I had to create my own image of what that yeah. song was but y'all let people interpret your music yeah. <laughs> you know I don't have that yeah. but so so you, you you've got to take it to a whole nother level and and not let the people who are getting rich on you yeah. And as far as music, there's Stereo. always that big debate about the uh, N-word being used in hip-hop and how that has basically changed the foundation of what our culture is for millennials and younger children. What do you? What is your standpoint on 
that word being used in music and just in society in general. But excuse me for saying this. When I was 13, when I was 12 and 13, and I was bused from Crown Heights, Brooklyn to Flatbush, and I got off the bus and they called me a nigga bitch and spit on me. See, nigga has a whole nother meaning to me. So I would never put that to music. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, people are like, oh, my God, y'all are just cuss. No, they called me a nigga bitch. They spit on me. They threw things at me. They wouldn't sit with me. So for me, just hearing it in general has always had a very different rub on it, you know, and and I would never put that to music. I, I, would, I just wouldn't do it. I understand the concept, mm-hmm. and, I, and I understand, you know, my, my grandmother thought I was going to hell because I wore platform shoes and hot pants. You know, oh, Jesus, you are going, Lord, <laughs> save the Lord. She just, oh, she's going straight to hell. <laughs> you know, so every generation has their thing. I think we've worn the nigga out now. We need to let that go. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it's a friend and the boy, you know. But, uh, if that's the case, we'd all still be in blue suede shoes, shaking our leg like Elvis Presley. Okay. okay, let the nigga go now. We can just put the nigga to rest. And, you know, the nudity, I don't, I don't know. But you've got so many incredible artists that are coming mm-hmm. up, young people who are singing such powerful music. True. We, we need to let that go. Why are we empowering that? though like that's where i try to i grew up very religious uh that's i would what, like to that's feel what's wrong with you no <laughs> oh, I was like, well, maybe uh but i just it, it blows my mind the empower they try to throw empower people try to throw empowerment behind certain things and i i get it times are hard and if you ended up having to you know do something in life that society would look down on you upon you want to try and build yourself up and and fight against that but i just look on tv every day and the things the the boundaries that we keep allowing to grow and grow where is that where do you feel that comes from in society i don't have a clue (laughs) (laughs) but i know just something violence among women on it's just unacceptable yeah. It's just unacceptable. But so they have a lot more viewers than Fix My Life does. Hmm. The cussing, they have a lot more viewers than yeah. Fix My Life does. Love and hip hop. Um, the no. the yeah. uh, you know the the dehumanization and the desensitization of men, men of color specifically, and and then men in general. You know how they're they're just not standing in the truth of who they are and they have a lot more viewers than we do because we have intensified and stimulated Mm -hmm. and tantalized the lowest common denominator (laughs) among people yeah and made it okay made it okay there was a hashtag called masculinity so fragile yeah that just went around um would you agree with that in 2015 that masculinity is fragile no absolutely not i think male image is fragile but god created masculinity in what regards is male image well you know because people will look at you and if you don't look like this you're not a man and if you don't do that you're not a man and if you don't but image is ego 
Yeah. Masculinity is natural. Mm. God made it. I don't care if you're straight, if you're gay, if you pole, if you're not, if you understand who you are and you stand in that, there's nothing fragile about it. So that's another problem with the, the like language has been reinterpreted and redefined <laughs> and you thinking one thing, I'm thinking I don't think masculinity is whether or not you get do your nails. Or what your hair is like. Masculinity is where you live from in your gut and how you stand and what your purpose is. But I'm old. See, y'all got a whole new vocabulary. I don't know nothing about that. But, but I agree with that. I, I, I but I feel like we've. I don't know who. I don't. And it's not about blaming. I don't know if it's coming from the media or if it comes from just people being raised by TVs or not having parents in their home or. But it just gets to this point of like growing up. I mean, I knew I was gay, but if I got my ears pierced, I was never going to just pierce one ear because everyone assumed that, oh, if you pierce this right ear, that means you're gay. Like, that, I don't understand that. that, that but we- see, this, is, this goes back to the absence of culture. In many indigenous African tribes, the only son pierced his left ear mm. and the last born son pierced his right ear. So it had a cultural meaning. Yeah. The same thing with marks and, and tribal marks and things that we did. But where are we teaching that now? Where are we learning that now? So the ear piercing had nothing to do with being gay. It had to be to, had to do with your position in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the middle son, he didn't pierce his ears. It was the, the oldest and the and youngest. The and you could tell by the ear who they were. Because another thing in many tribes and many cultures, and also among African, um, uh, Native Americans, your name was always the day you were born on. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was Kofi, it was a, a Kosua, it was a, a Fua, a Kua. It, it was the name you were born on. So you could have, if you had two kids born on Tuesday, you wouldn't be a, you know, Kofi one and Kofi two. <laughs> 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 the middle name would help them understand, understand who it was and that earring. Yeah. But so when did that become, now I pierce my ears because I'm gay? Yeah. Doesn't matter that if you're gay and you want to pierce your ears, your, your nose, your lip, your eye, your thing. I've seen things pierced that I didn't even know they were <laughs> What are you doing with that? Get that off of there. <laughs> what has been one of the greatest things you've learned about yourself as you're helping other people? That I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn. And that um, there's nothing wrong with somebody if they can't see it my way and nothing wrong with me if I can't see it their way. Like the nigga thing. There's no way you ever going to convince me that's okay. Have you ever been spit on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so I think that that's the beauty of it, though. Yeah. I mean, this to me is... You know, you young people in here, I won't tell you business, but this is amazing <laughs> to me. And I know those little silver things. I saw them at the Home Depot. Yeah, that's where we got <laughs> Wait, We lived there for a long time trying to build this studio. So, yeah, yes. Every morning they have a credit card. And I don't think enough of us encourage you. And, and let me say this, too. we got to get over this celebrity addiction. We have to. I feel like we're too far in now that really? it's just, it, we've there's no comeback now. We've there's replaced icons with, personally, I feel, with celebrities. celebrities. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I, like, I resisted, I rebel against it. Like, when people come up to me in the Walmart or the Target and they want to take pictures, no, no, no. I, look, I have on my baseball, I'm hiding from you. And I'm with my grandkids <laughs> or my partner. And what does, you know what, what about the brain surgeon? Yeah. 
Who's saving lives? Okay, the heart surgeon. If you drop in front of me with a heart attack, I'm gonna be as hysterical as you. Are. <laughs> <laughs> it is not gonna turn out well for either one of us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, but we celebrate the most. Why are people celebrating me? I'm trying to figure that out. I don't understand because I wrote some books. Because you, well, you, you speak you, into existence. Yeah. You speak joy into existence. Okay, well, I'll take that. Yeah, I do that. And, and people are in such need to hear the truth, and you give that and deliver that. So, and, and then they talk bad about me too. Who? Did you see the tweeties? The, what did I, I mean? Call I can imagine. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> on the Twitter, the, the bad ones be called trolls. Oh, the trolls. Yeah, the trolls. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, this social media thing is amazing. It's dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It can make or break you at this stage. Really, really, it's really. And you know, I had to learn like to not get on and respond to everybody. Like, no, 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 don't say. But in my line, in my what do they call it? Your feed, your, your feed, yeah, your yeah. Twitter feed. People know I I don't tolerate bad behavior. I really don't. You can't be cussing at nobody. You can't. I would say, beloved, you are now blocked. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> Beloved, you are now blocked. No, no, no. We're not going to do that because our voice is too powerful. Yeah. Well, we I know we have to wrap up soon because you have probably several more interviews you need to go to. But I do want to touch upon that um, you obviously have published six, six, 16 successful books and you have another one coming out this year. What's going to be the focus of that book? Trust, mm. which is missing. You know, people are still trying to wrap their brain around forgiveness. I don't think they trust me enough yet to read the forgiveness book. <laughs> So I want to read the trust book and then I'm going to send you back to forgiveness. But trust, it's so broken and it's so um, necessary. And I look at the four essentials. Trust yourself, trust God, trusting others, and trust the process. Because this process has been around a long time. And I know it looks crazy, but I promise you, everything is just as it needs to be really is and we really are growing and healing we've got to eliminate some bad behavior Mm -hmm. but we've got to trust that once we do that we're all going to be better and if you can use one word to define your career what one word would you use damn (laughs) (laughs) damn I love that that's actually my my favorite that might be my favorite (laughs) one ever for this show I'm serious I'm serious there's nothing to say but damn 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 uh, you know I, I never asked for it and I'm a criminal defense attorney by trade I'm a I'm a welfare mother I'm a single mom a pregnant teenager I'm you know what what would I have asked for what would I have said all the typical odds were you, against you ab- the typical odds no yeah. I, I, I mean I, I just stepped into what my soul created and what I needed in order to heal. There's no words. There's no, all I can say is damn. <laughs> well, we're going to leave you on that note with damn because this has been a damn good interview with Yama because I've enjoyed myself today and you are just, um, you know, 
superb. I don't know what inspiring. we would do without you. And inspiring <laughs> and fix my life. You got to check it out every Saturday night. It started in September, but you're you have several episodes that are still coming out the yeah. rest of this year. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio Thank with you. us. I wish we had more time with you. Yeah. You got to come back I'll because come back. we need you back. <laughs> we you. need you in our lives. <laughs> Courtney Thank needs you. to needs to meet our you. other co-host Courtney. She oh, was really okay. upset that she couldn't make it today okay. to meet you. But well, I'll come back to be with Courtney. Please yeah. do. Thank you anytime. And where can all the fans find you on social media outside of Fix My Life on OWN? Uh, uh, Ianla, hashtag Ianla Van Zandt. At, 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 at Ianla Van Just look for me. I, I only if got you just go, name. Yeah, if you Google you it, Google right on. And buy her books. Ianla.com, because, you know, I'm old. I can't have too many, like, foreign <laughs> names. Like, you know, old woman dressed like child. Or, you know. <laughs> oh, three. Oh, three. <laughs> So I just keep it simple. Iyama. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. I'm Daryl Kristen. You can find me at Daryl Kristen on Twitter, Instagram, and, and Facebook. Jesse, where can fans find you? Everywhere at DJ Jesse J. Check us out next time you're watching BHL Conversations. And be sure to check Fix My Life on Saturday nights on OWN. See you soon. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Christian, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.